The advice given in this podcast is general in nature. If you require personalised medical advice, please see your healthcare professional. This podcast is not affiliated with the views of our professional employer and any real-life accounts have been appropriately de-identified for confidentiality purposes. This is 1% Stronger. Hello, guys. I don't know why I'm seeing the introduction, but welcome back to another week, another episode of 1% Stronger. We are absolutely thrilled to have you guys listening in. Now, for regular listeners or people who listened to last week's episode, you'll know that it's normally Amanda and I chatting away. Um, Last week, we had our boyfriends on, Geordie and Justin, to have a bit of a chat with them, a little bit of a Spanish Inquisition, as Justin called it, to uh, chat about men's health and Movember. Um, This week, we're a little bit different again. So it is going to be just me, Maddie, having a bit of a, a chat to you guys today by myself. Amanda sends her sincerest apologies for not being able to make it in this week. She, as some of you may know, has just purchased her own apartment and she is moving in over this week and it has been a much bigger feat than I think any of us imagined. So we are giving her some grace and some understanding and I'm going to carry the team through this week with the start of a new mini-series within the 1% Stronger series, uh, which we are, or I am, entitling Maddie's Mini Mindset Moments. So these ones, these episodes, however, often we pop them out, you know, we'll keep it a a little bit of a secret, a little bit of a treat for the regular listeners, but these will be a different format to normal. So usually Amanda and I have done significant research into the topics that we speak about. We are usually giving you guys the up-to-date science and the evidence backed by usually peer-reviewed or at least very strong evidential-wise studies um, to give you guys the up-to-date scientific information, essentially. Um, But my sort of mini mindset moments, as we are calling them, are going to be more of me speaking through personal experience about things that I have gone through, grown through, learnt from, that I feel like through my own personal development, I have enough knowledge and or ability to comprehend these things to have a bit of a chat with you guys about it. So hopefully, fingers crossed, you you guys enjoy this. Um, Please touch base with us through the Instagram, which I will mention the handle at the end of this episode. If to give us feedback on it, essentially, whenever we throw something different at you guys, we love hearing back from you what you do like, what you don't like. We are absolutely doing this, not only because we're passionate about it, but for the listeners as well. So we thoroughly enjoy any feedback that you guys have um, for us. With that being said, um, although it is still a bit of a different style episode. I'm still going to give you my personal recommendation for the week. And my recommendation this week is a TV series on Netflix called The Queen's Gambit. 
Now, I personally, when I first clicked on it, was like, oh, I don't know, like, especially from the synopsis. So it is about an orphan through the 1950s to 60s who kind of becomes a child prodigy chess championship, the chess champion, excuse me. Um, And it is phenomenal. It's a phenomenal drama. It has these underlying themes of, I guess, connection, family, emotions, as well as sort of drug and alcohol sort of, I guess, themes running through there as well. It really got me hooked. Um, I'm not all the way through it, so I won't speak as though I have watched it all, but I am, I think, like six or so episodes in, and it is absolutely floating my boat at the moment. So um, if anyone has watched every series out there throughout lockdown or is in need of a new one, that would be my solid recommendation for you all this week. And with all of that out of the way, guys, let's get cracking into this week's very first little mindset moment, um, the topic of which is going to be heartbreak. So I am going to be chatting to you guys all about sort of breakups, heartbreak, and what I learned sort of on a mental and, and personal level about these. Um, the reason that I chose this topic, I guess, to kick us off was that heartbreak it is something that I guess, regardless of your sexuality, your gender, your sex, your, I guess, however, which way you identify, I think it's just human experience. It is an emotion that if not everyone, majority of us would have felt at some point in our lives. Um, I guess if you haven't, you're incredibly lucky. Um, but otherwise, I think it is something that can really resonate um, with nearly everyone, I hope. And it's something that I guess no matter how many times you've been through it or no matter how much experience, unfortunately, that you might have in the area, it really doesn't make it any easier going through it. I think heartbreak is one of the, for me personally anyway, one of the greatest hardships um, someone can endure. So with that all being said, I think let's get cracking into it. We can have a bit of a chat about why and all that sort of thing. I guess I really want to start with maybe a bit of a story about my personal experience with heartbreak. Now, as those who were listening last week would know, um, I'm currently in a very happy and loving relationship. I know Geordie is listening. Don't you worry, babe. We are happily tracking along. No worries there. However, um, for all the listeners, um, Geordie is obviously not my only relationship and I have previously been in one or two where, yeah, one or two specifically off the top of my head that I can recall where I felt after the end of it uh, a particularly strong level of heartbreak. Um, and I guess oh, without delving into the inner workings of those relationships and sort of, I guess, disclosing much about the relationship that probably my exes wouldn't want me to speak about on a very accessible podcast. Um, 
these heartbreaks, I think for me, were very um, personally uh, or difficult to move through on both a mental and a, and a physical level as well, I suppose. It's because with both of them, I was particularly invested in both relationships. We had talked about sort of ongoing futures, things were going really well, and then it was sort of one big thing that kind of got in our way that brought everything to a crumble. And in both those situations, I am very much a let's talk about it. Let's see what we can do. I like to troubleshoot things. I like to try and work things out. Um, and unfortunately, in both of those situations, the other party was not willing um, to do so. And as much as I wanted to work on it or work through it, um, you obviously can't make it work um, with just one person, which is incredibly heartbreaking when you want someone and you want to make it work with them, but that feeling is not reciprocated. So I guess without giving you guys all the gory details, that is essentially the crux of my two most recent um, breakups. One a little more traumatic than the other because my most recent relationship prior to Geordie was also incredibly um, emotionally abusive. Um, and I've, I think I've spoken previously on the podcast about how he was quite the narcissist and how unfortunately I did sort of cop a lot of the the brunt of that behavior and the I guess the emotional I guess flack um associated with dating a narcissist um I guess people out there who know you know the deal you know what it is like um which made it even harder because I had a very much deflated sense of self I was very much made to feel like I was the one to blame which made dealing um with the heartbreak and the breakdown of the relationship that little bit more difficult because I was seen as being, I guess, the the breaking point of it, which is never a good feeling. Um, being broken up with when you don't want to be is enough without being told you are to blame. Um, with that said, um, <laughs> let's not weigh in too much on that and let's get talking about what these breakups sort of, I guess, allowed me to move through, grow and learn. So upon reflection and working through, I guess, a lot of the experience I've had with breakups, I've learned that there are sort of three key stages, I guess, during and after a breakup. And these stages have no real like set time frames in my mind as to sort of like how long they take. But I think to me, there are definitely like three at least key mental phases that an individual moves through um, whilst going through emotionally and mentally and I guess physically too, um, maybe even spiritually, a breakup or breakdown of a relationship. Now, that first sort of phase, that first mental state that I've been able able to identify is very much that fight or flight sort of mentality after a relationship. That very much you've been broken up with, you feel that heartbreak, that, you know, your heart racing, your stomach, stomach sinking, that, you know, almost nauseous feeling. You feel heightened emotions and adrenaline. Everything feels like it ways and and 
emotionally just feel so much heavier, you know. For me personally, I felt a need to sort of like run or get out of there or escape like just the emotion and the emotional weight there I think it's really just that emotional sort of adrenaline drive um, during that time and that in my comprehension of it can last you know I guess more dramatically so the the time of breaking up and the sort of hours following but can last like a number of days to weeks depending on sort of the circumstances around it And during this time, we really struggle to be able to see clearly. We're very much just in a self-preservation state where we either want to sort of just, I guess we can't find a level of comprehension. We're just so buzzed and so going with all of these emotions that we're not really processing what we're understanding you know no answer that we're given as the reason for the breakup is good enough because we just can't comprehend this with this level of underlying emotional adrenaline running through us And during this time is when our coping mechanisms become really apparent so if you are one who you know talks about their problem, cries their problem out, drinks their problem out, eats their problem out, however you cope with like high levels of stress, this is when those are going to be sort of the most apparent post-breakup. I know for me personally, it was very much a lot of crying. I'm not so much a crier until I am emotionally vulnerable and then um, I guess that is exposed, that vulnerability, and I just cry to no length. And I think this is where that comes in. It is that heightened state of emotion, that such high level stress um, and emotional stress that your body is feeling at that time that is just being needed to be, I guess, supported or coped with, with whatever um, the individual's coping mechanism is at that time. And I think what's really important during this first phase is really just being kind to yourself and acknowledging that, you know, it's an emotionally difficult time for you to be able to deal with this and that, you know, to give yourself some grace that it, I guess, just telling yourself and acknowledging that it is difficult, it is a breakup, you're not supposed to be doing your best and achieving your best during this time and just allowing yourself to move through those emotions. I think also, I guess, part of that or secondary to that is sitting with those emotions and just acknowledging that they are there, um, knowing it's okay to feel, you know, upset and maybe angry or whatever it is that you're feeling because because these are natural responses to losing, you know, someone you love or such a, a, you know, a big part of your life as well. And I think if we don't sort of allow ourselves to feel those things in this time, we end up bottling it up and and finding it more difficult to move on um, later on down the track. And I think speaking of down the track, sort of as these sort of heightened emotions this fight or flight mechanism begins to fade out is when we fade into sort of this secondary mental phase that I like to sort of classify 
And during this time is a real time of questioning. It's when sort of the haze of the emotional adrenaline begins to lift. We begin to be able to, you know, look back in hindsight at the relationship or or what's been said during the breakup with more clarity, um, with more levels of comprehension. And I think it's in this stage that we seek, I guess, further information or we seek further what is the word like closure yeah closure to this obviously we understand now that things aren't changing you know that the breakup is real we've moved through all of that heightened you know sudden change in our lives and we've moved into this inquisitive phase where we need maybe a few key things answered, a little bit of closure um, during that time. I think it's important to realize here that if you are sort of leaving someone who is more toxic or that breakup is, you know, the other person is quite hostile in the way that they're breaking up. Like, I guess if they are able to give you that closure and they are willing to have that conversation they are willing to help you emotionally to move through this process that's fantastic but if they're not and they're only going to hurt you more in this process by further rejecting you further blaming you whatever it might be during this process it is really not worth it it is at this point that i found incredibly integral to just block that person from your life. With my narcissistic, emotionally abusive ex, in the very first fight or flight stage, I very much wanted them back. I very much wanted to figure it out. I very much didn't want to feel heartbroken and was sort of in that emotional, I guess, not desperation kind of, yeah, wanted to repair the relationship because that was what was emotionally easy. And during the clarification stage or the, yeah, that secondary phase, I sort of realized all the things that were going wrong with it that I wasn't able to see with my sort of rose-tinted glasses maybe um, prior to that. So during the, I guess, this second phase, I realized that I wasn't going to be able to get the closure that I emotionally needed from this person, no matter how I went about it. It was just never going to happen. They weren't going to play a game. They didn't consider my emotions in anything. I think it's incredibly integral to identify that during that second phase. And if that is the way they are going to play it, understand that you are not able to change that person. If it didn't change during a relationship, it is certainly not going to change afterwards and that it's important at that stage to just block them from your life not only just like block them on so all of your social medias block their phone number and absolutely cut ties do not allow yourself to see or interact with this person because it will not bring you anything good from that stage um if that is not your sort of scenario during this second phase i think It's a good time for you to write down, to journal and to sort of figure out what are the key things you need to bring this chapter to a nice close. What are the, the, what is the key pieces of information that you need to be able to move on with your life? 
and understand that you may not be able to get these things. But I think if you return to the person you were in a relationship with in a, I guess, progressive manner that you are like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm okay that we've broken up. I just would really like some closure on this, this, and this. And if you're able to eloquently put that across to them, then I have no doubt that if they are happily playing, like I I say playing game, but it's not, it's not a game to play. If they are happy to have that conversation with you and to work that out for your benefit, then I think during this phase, that is the time to work it out. But you need to be organized. You need to be in a sort of a a more clearer state of mind. You need to be certain within yourself that you've moved from that first phase of quite erratic thought pattern, behaviors, coping, that fight or flight kind of feeling. And you've moved into a clearer headspace to be able to comprehend and sort of tie a neat bow on the end of the relationship and its conclusion. So this second phase can actually take quite a while, depending on sort of how you move through it, how good your now ex-partner is at giving you a little bit of that closure, or are you, I'm sorry, if you are, um, cutting that person from your life for whatever reason, I guess how much you are able to personally cope with that sort of conclusion and that mass sort of just that I guess a dramatic cut from your life realistically um so this time I guess once again it is good to give yourself some grace and some understanding that you know it does take time to adjust it sounds really corny but during this time a I guess a metaphor that I like to refer to that helps me sort of cope with it and sort of give myself understanding of the situation is the comparison to or the metaphor of getting a tooth pulled that, you know, if you go to the dentist, you get a tooth pulled, your tongue is just constantly rubbing over where that tooth was. And it is very, you are acutely aware of the missing tooth in that area, but slowly over time you stop running your tongue along past the empty spot as much to the point where eventually at some time down the track it doesn't even reach your level of consciousness anymore that you are missing that tooth in fact a lot of the time maybe you're a little bit more thankful that that rotten tooth is out of your mouth and you are praising the dentist to no end hopefully eventually The way that that, I guess, turns when it comes to breakups and heartbreak is that eventually down the track, you start to forget more about them every day. They maybe don't make it to your stream of consciousness as much or it doesn't affect you as much. I'm so sorry. I think one of my housemates is just absolutely like tearing a box apart in the background here. I'll speak to them about that later. Um, (laughs) But eventually over time, it doesn't reach that level of consciousness anymore and you're less affected by the emotional weight of it all, which is when we can start moving into phase three. So as we move into phase three, I guess the end of phase two is you know, having that conclusion to the relationship, tying a nice bow on it, you're fully accepting You kind of work through anything that needs to be worked through. And then interface three, hopefully, is a sort of time of self-development and is of, 
I guess, being alone with yourself and learning about yourself. I think at the end of phase two, people can often rush the end of phase two and fall into another relationship rather than moving into and through phase three. I know I personally have been a culprit of this in the past, um, most certainly. And I think that's when emotional baggage from a previous relationship runs its course in your next relationship or in future relationships because you haven't actually worked out how the entirety of the relationship and the ending of the relationship is affecting you long term. And I think after a relationship, I guess, especially if you're spending a great deal of time with this person, you are a different person at then or now than you were when you were last single. So before that last relationship, and I think it's really important during this third phase to sort of learn who you are again, learn what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy, learn what it is just to please yourself. I guess when we are in relationships, as much as we do it out of love, we do often, I guess, develop patterns of behavior or we do more things to please our partner at the time. I think it is really important during this third phase to learn what it is that I guess pleases you, learn what you like and what you don't like and learn what makes you happy. And I think just being single for a while and not sort of needing someone else to fill a void and being able to feel feel that, sorry, and feel comfortable within yourself, I guess, gives you a stronger sense of self, a greater independence, a greater strength to know that you got through this um, as well. And I think this sort of time of incredible self-development is a perfect time to like start something new for yourself or something you've always wanted to do, whether it be a sport or journaling or if you've always wanted to move to another country like this is a time to make those risks to learn what it is about yourself that you really want to pursue and what really lights up your life um and this phase i think friendships become more important you have more time to dedicate them i think definitely cultivating that close circle um during this time is also important i think it's just essentially a time where you just dedicate it to yourself and learning to know yourself because that way by doing this and understanding this more we create better boundaries for future relationships so this way the next time we enter a relationship we've worked through worked out we know ourselves we know what we're willing to stand for and what we're not we know what we want in someone and a partner because we know where we're at right now and I just think it helps us to make more educated and emotionally I guess more stable decisions going forward and of course, this is all just my perception of it. It's what I've learned. It's the things I sort of acknowledge and go through when I have gone through heartbreak. I definitely learned it in the very first one and definitely solidified these three sort of key phases. Not that we have sort of much influence on it, more that we can acknowledge where we are throughout those phases and throughout the journey of the breakup and therefore do our best to achieve during that time. I think a beautiful thing that comes with 
knowing yourself, loving yourself at the end of phase three is that it also brings hope. I think with all of this comes, you know, hope that if you know yourself well enough, you find hope that maybe there will be someone out there that you are more, I guess, positive in wanting someone back in your life again, because you have learned enough about yourself to know what is missing from your life that someone else could fill. I think that's a really important thing is just knowing what you are looking for when you begin dating again um, is incredibly important and incredibly empowering as well um, to any individual in the dating scene realistically. And then from there, hopefully down the line you find someone else that heartbreak is fully healed and you begin to be able to open up to love again because I definitely know through some of the earlier phases that I spoke about you are wallowing in your own emotion you do not want to love again you never want to be loved again you're incredibly melodramatic and I think in that third phase or toward the end of the third phase you look back at that part and you were like oh my goodness I was crazy or not that I like that term, but, you know, I was melodramatic. I was taking it so hard. How could I have ever thought like that? But we definitely do. Um, We're all human. We all go through that. I think at the end of phase three, the power of hindsight and looking how much you have grown over that time is so beautiful to be able to see um, and to look back on. I think hopefully in the same way I found it empowering hopefully others do too because you have come from a a place place even of such depth of such emotional trauma and such sadness into such a different person and I think what's important for me to mention here as well is that this will take differing amount of times for different people we all you know I know I've definitely said in the past I know others have definitely said in the past oh this person's moved on too fast whatever it is there is no scale as to how people move through after a breakup but I think from my personal experience like taking your time through these phases only helps you more um I definitely think people with more essentially emotional depth emotional maturity people who want to better themselves not to you know call out anyone for not being that way often do take their time um post a breakup um especially if they're the one who's been broken up with obviously this is all coming from that perspective i think if you were the one doing the breaking up as though it can be emotional and potentially traumatic as well it is kind of a different set of circumstances 